Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. Uh, good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me in the studio here at the Valley as we get, uh, get ready to gear up and look ahead to Saturday's football for a fiver day here at the Valley against Shrewsbury. Down is Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, good. Yeah? Good. Had yeah. a good week? Well, it's been alright. Still basking in those three points we got at Milton Keynes yeah. last week? Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah, excellent. And uh, for once you're not on holiday. I think it's the first time I've ever seen <laughs> you not on holiday. It's a nice change. Yeah, yeah. we just worked out I'm not going until June now, which is no, not so good. Shame, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, Tough life. Yeah, joining the pair of us uh, here at the Valley on the fresh from his training session down at Sparrows Lane uh, earlier on today. It's Nathan Wood. How are you doing, Nathan? Living the dream, just yeah. like Tom was last week. I see his little tweet, getting yeah. involved in the dream. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, Tom, because you mentioned it's your three-year anniversary on the show. Yeah. yeah, it cropped up on Facebook the yeah. other day. And then you say so you stole Nathan's dream and you're living it. Yeah. We can live it together, yeah. mate. Yeah. We often do. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, Nathan, Nathan, how was your uh, how was your training session down at the... Uh, uh, the, uh, the the training ground today with Carl Robinson and with uh, Johnny Jackson and, and Lee Bowyer? Yeah, it was intense. Met, met Bowyer, one of my first ever heroes when I was there, but... Um, yeah, no, it was really, 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 really good, actually. Mm. Um, I don't know if we'll go into it later, but... Um, we will indeed go into it later. Yeah, so... Plenty but yeah, no, I'm still here. I'm not signed up. No. I might might be on a bench, yeah. Robbo said. But it's a shame, bench, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, it's a shame the injury crisis is finished now, because that was your best chance, I guess. Uh, right, so on tonight's <laughs> show, uh, we have got a fair few things to talk about. Carl Robinson gave us a brief update on what he knows about the takeover earlier today and when I say brief it's really brief because what he knows about the takeover uh, well, ain't much <laughs> but we will hear what he had to say and we will discuss what, what sort of we know or what we hear and is going on in, in the background now, we're also going to hear today from Josh McGuinness he spoke to us after the Milton Keynes games and a couple of interesting uh, little bits came out of that interview so we're going to hear from him uh, we're going to hear how Nathan's training day uh, down at the, the training ground went that was of course with the Charlton Invicta team the LGBT friendly team uh, that the China Athletic Community Trust have uh, lent their name to this season it used to be Bexley and Victor so we're going to hear from the people involved in that including Gary Gino, uh the captain of the team we're going to hear from Johnny Jackson who was down there helping uh, as uh, the training the, the lads and of course uh, Jason Morgan the CEO of the Community Trust then we're going to start to gear up to look ahead to Saturday's game Football for a Fiver against Rosary Town now I've spoken to uh, Lewis Cox who writes for the Shrops of Star uh, he's their correspondent for Shrewsbury Town so we're going to find out a little bit more about them because they are of course a surprise package uh, of League One this season but we haven't actually played him yet because our, our away game against him got postponed uh, and then of course we will hear from Carl Robinson himself looking ahead to Saturday's game with the Shrews so first things first let's try and give you the takeover update uh, like I say it's very brief what Carl Robinson knows but he was kind enough to share what he knows about the takeover with us early on this afternoon not got a clue not got a clue uh, this is coming today to watch training uh, which is most Thursdays 
I've had no conversation with Roland, no conversation with Richard, no conversation with Valley. No one's called me. I do not have a clue. So I just know that we're playing well, and it will happen. It will happen. But timing-wise on that, I don't. That's not my job. I don't get paid enough to start worrying about the boardroom as well as the pitch. So Carl Robinson knows just about as much about the takeovers Roland de Chatelet knows about running football clubs. He knows nothing. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you can see, obviously, now it's two weeks now since uh, uh, Rick Everett's tweet about the done deal about, you know, which, you know, reading further into it, it probably sounds more like it was a an agreement of a price, but there's still plenty to be done in terms of how much of that is paid up front. Uh, how much of that is paid you know, in, in instalments or whatever uh, they're still negotiating on that front to, to be done judging by what, what we're reading as well so I mean uh, as nice as it was for Carl Robinson to, to give us a, an update he doesn't seem to be any uh, more uh, informed than the majority of us sadly No I think we're all in the same boat I mean Roland I haven't spoken to him either I haven't spoken to Richard Murray either so yeah, he seems to know about as much as we do. Um, I mean, Rick posted the, the article the other day. Uh, I think yesterday it came out about, you know, it's in Roland's best interest to sell as quickly as possible. And he went into a few of the finances and how that's going to look in terms of how much he's going to lose every month that he has to keep paying to, to fund the club and keep us going. So from our point of view, we obviously hope it happens as quickly as possible. You would think from Roland's point of view, he hopes the same. Um it looks very much like Rick's original tweet was to say that, look, a price has been agreed. Um, but there are obviously, like any big business, there are things that take time to sort out. Um, yeah, uh, and as Carl says, we, as, as fans, we've got to now just keep focused on the pitch. And whilst things are going well there, let let the takeover happen behind the scenes. And when it happens, it's obviously going to be massive and there's going to be a lot of celebrations. But until that point, focus on the pitch and focus on the team who having got that result in the weekend and maybe starting to improve again now. Yeah, you can understand, I guess, the frustrations from, from the fans. It's still it's still dragging on, especially when it felt like we were so close, Nave. Yeah, no, it is dragging on, but I was one of the party poopers at the time and said, just wait till it becomes official because the last thing you want to do is bring your hope. It's the hope that kills you, isn't it? But um, we don't, I mean, we don't know why it's obviously taken a while. I don't know, has he moved the goalpost? I mean, there's loads of rumours circulating, but... You know, when rumours start circulating, things get out of hand. But yeah, like Tom said, you, for me, we've just got to concentrate on you know on the, on the pitch at the moment. If we was languishing mid-table, I think we'd be sort of harbouring for it a lot more. But at the moment, my concern is Saturday and the rest of the season with the games coming up. Um, because that's where we want to be. Takeover or not, we want to be in the, be in the championship. So... Mm. And that's where my focus is being. If it happens tomorrow, brilliant. If it happens at the end of the season, brilliant. Like we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, there's not really too much that can be done if mm. someone does come in tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, recruitment needs to start, but I think Robbo and Co know exactly what sort of players they want, what regardless of what division we're in. Mm. Now, Rick Everett, uh, as you said earlier, Tom, did put out a bit of a story uh, on his uh, Voice of the Valley website yesterday it includes uh, a, a couple of these lines he said the, the end appeared to be in sight when within 24 hours we heard independently from two unrelated sources one with legal involvement that a deal had indeed been done the second source said the successful party uh, was the Australian Consortium separately from that South London Press Sports Editor Richard Corley reported the same day uh, which was February the 8th that I got told earlier a deal was agreed and it was the Australians taking over but there's a whole lot of information out there hard to know 
what is absolutely true. And then Rick goes on to say that, that Richard's uh, caution was evidently well founded. Now, nearly uh, a fortnight later, there's still uh, no uh, public announcement, which has left his sources mystified. Uh, particularly one with uh, insight into what has been a protracted and detailed legal discussion. So I think so Rick, what Rick's saying there, I think it sounds like his sources are also surprised that nothing's been finalised yet. But I, I guess, as you say, until until everything's 100% done, there's always it's always likely to be delays and you know hugely frustrating as fans, of course, but that's unfortunately just the way these things go. Yeah, and we've got no... Uh no reason to think that every takeover that happens takes this amount of time it's just that we're perhaps lucky perhaps unlucky enough to know a little bit more about it going on um you know if we if we didn't know any of the stuff that rick has been able to release to to us and and see those things behind the scenes you wouldn't know any of it's happening and suddenly that announcement comes but when he bought the club there's nothing to say that that didn't take this amount of time as well couple that with the fact that we know he's a, a hard businessman to work with um, and he, he's obviously going to try and get the best deal he can so I'm sure although he needs to speed it up from a financial point he also wants to make sure he gets the best deal he can so that's going to going to take time as well um, it is frustrating of course we've waited for it for, for so long but we're getting there we are mm. getting there you know you look at everything else in terms of where we've come over the last three years I mean the protests the the boycotts the things being thrown on the pitch the nets going up behind the goals to stop that you know there's been so much that's happened and all of that has, has slowed down the sale now seems to be started it's just getting that final bit over the line and of course we're all desperate for it to happen as soon as we can and unfortunately we're just gonna have to wait it doesn't seem to make any sense now for for Roland to, to keep dragging this on now because I mean I mean Rick, Rick's putting in his story there that you know with, with the payroll for the month coming up and that's something in the region of you know, three quarters of a million pounds. If you obviously your players get paid a lot of money, uh, and there's staff to to be paid as well. So I mean, it makes no sense for him just to keep hanging on. You know, obviously he's trying to bargain some sort of better deal for him, but at the same time, he's will lo- be losing a lot of money every every month. Um, mm. So why 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 is he keeping his deals? I don't know. It's beyond me. I mean, he'll, he'll lose money every week. Um, because I mean, obviously with the costs that come out of the club, if, if you know, if you sell it on the on the tenth of the month. The, the new owners ain't going to say, all right, we'll pay everything from the first. Yeah. You know, he's going to have to pay it. So I think Rick said in his piece about, you know, he has to accrue the payroll for if it's two weeks, but he's still got to pay those two weeks. So is he holding out for more money? I don't know. Um, I don't know the, you know, the price that's been, uh, but if the price has been, that's been banded around is true, then he's getting more than he should deserve anyway. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it could be, could be anything, but um, I do not know. For one, I don't know if he's losing money over fists, which he obviously is, because he obviously wants to sell because he knows he's never going to make any money from it. But it's beyond me why why he's dragging his heels so much. I can only assume he's trying to sort of try and get as much as he can. Mm. And uh, obviously, uh, Rick's uh, article sort of tails off there by saying, as frustration as frustrating as this delay is, and you know, for starters, we have been waiting quite a long time anyway, so a little bit more is just a little bit more. Um, it is important to remember now that the noises come out of the club all are all the club is now for sale. The club will be sold, so it's all steps in the right direction. When as you know, as recently as towards the end of last year, the official line was it wasn't for sale. So we're progressing slowly, but we're progressing. Yeah. Yeah, and like Carl said in his thing today, it, it's happening, it's going to happen. Um, and I think there was a period, even up until a month or two ago, where even though these rumours were coming out, we were like, well, is it really going to happen? Are we really going to get out of this? But, 
yeah, I mean, the club have made it pretty public now and Richard Murray's come out and made his statements. It's very clear the club's for sale. If Rick's to be believed, um, which I have no reason not to, then something has been agreed. Um, how far down the line that is, again, we're not sure. But, yeah, the wheels are in motion. Um, and as I say, because of everything that's gone over the last three years, we're so desperate for it to happen quickly. But I agree with Nath. There's, there's nothing that new owners can necessarily do apart from give a like a new manager bounce give that confidence to us going into the last couple of months of the season but as I said I think on a show a little while ago the players don't really strike me as the sort of players that need that anyway because they're not Roland players they're they're Cole players and they're quite distant from all of that anyway so I don't think it's necessarily going to affect them either way I think and I've just had a sudden thought maybe he's hanging on just to try and see where we're going to finish because that could have unless he's got some sort of caveat where he gets more money if we go up or whatever maybe that could be wider for him to see if we've got a realistic chance of going up we don't know but um, yeah just need it done it's all speculation really yeah. isn't it but uh, we'll, we'll find out sooner rather than later uh, right let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live Glove Pup has made us some new jingles so let's uh, dive in and see, <laughs> see what his choice of music has been this time uh, we'll be back in 30 seconds Occupying that left hand side at the moment. Little step over onto his left foot. Marshall, ball in the box is good. And Rebo, first time. Oh, goal. what a goal! Lovely finish! Oh, what a goal! Joe Rebo gets Charlton the lead. Great ball in from Mark Marshall on the left hand side. Chips it in. And Rebo with a calm left footed folly. And found the bottom right corner and Charlton have the lead. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Getting Maritime Radio. Uh, choice, uh, that was Club Pop's choice of music. Decisions, pony. <laughs> Pretty poor. <laughs> Pretty poor. Well, it's... no. What is that? It sounds like it's from. I mean, what's that? It sounds like it's from a film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm glad uh, you said it. Only Club Pop can answer that question. <laughs> right on. Uh, <laughs> I hope he's listening. On uh, on uh, on Saturday, uh, obviously we were victorious uh, up at Milton Keynes, uh, and uh, Josh McGuinness scored our second and uh, what turned out to be the winner in that game. Uh, it was his third goal in four games after his little barren spell where we, I think he went 14 appearances without finding the back of the net for us. Now, um, we were lucky enough to get to speak to Josh after the game on uh, on Saturday. So I'm going to play you a couple of clips from that. We'll come out and discuss it. This is what Josh McGuinness has to say on his recent good form uh, and, of course, the fact that he has uh, deleted his account on Twitter. Yeah, delighted. You know, I t- said, you know, obviously for a striker, it's smart to score goals but started the season that happened and then we were winning and I wasn't getting on the score sheet but then I went on on a dip where we weren't winning and I wasn't scoring it was getting hard but just believing the gaffers trusted in me he keeps playing me um, I keep working hard and training and I know with the quality we have like the ball that came in today from my header you know it, was, it would have been nearly impossible for me to miss and it managed to go in so the lads are back in full confidence and we're creating chances which is a massive thing because we went a long time where we weren't creating anything so there's a good buzz about the place and, and, and as I say finishing in that top six uh, the confidence can only uh, push on we know obviously as strikers you'd be judged on your goals but I think yeah. when, you, when you're going through that spell just before I mean, do you think that what else you were bringing to the team was perhaps being forgotten by supporters because you weren't getting those goals no I just, you know supporters pay their money they're, they're entitled to their opinion and you've, you've just got to take it on the chin whether whether you like it or not um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, whether you like it or not you're going to get it so um, hopefully it's not personal I don't think it is um, 
as you see when you score they start singing your name again so football swings in circles you can't take anything personal uh, if you feel you're in the wrong business so it's always nice to score uh, since I've been here the support's been nothing but brilliant uh, especially towards myself and, and the lads so um, hopefully uh, it'll continue and, and, and not only myself but the more importantly the team will go on a run and we can put some distance between who's uh, below us You're proving that was wrong like, like Lewis said you had three goals in four games now I don't know if I, if I have I've always had daughters my whole career and if that's what you call them then, then, then fair enough it's just obviously strikers there to score goals but I know uh, my place in this team and what the gaffer expects of me of course he expects me to score goals but he expects me to do a multitude of other stuff and when you don't score and you don't score for for this, the amount of time that, that I did obviously you're going to have people asking questions and you've just got to take it on the chin you, you can't take it personal footballs can be up and down as a roller coaster. you're never in the middle you either are sky high or you're lower than a snake's belly under a top hat so um, you've just got to go with it and then you, if, if there is doubters you just try and keep your head down work hard and try and prove them wrong and the former men at the minute I feel great um, my midfielders uh, and my, the other wide men are finding me and it's making me uh, it's making me even play even better because I know I've got the quality around me and they'll create chances for me and as I've always said it's just up for me to put them away so if there's doubters then of course that's just football you know people still have doubts over Ronaldo and Messi so with me it's, it's, you've just got to take it on the chin and, and just push short but as I said the support I've had since I've come here has been nothing but great you win this run early on in the season and, but, and yeah. during that obviously the players came in for a bit of you know, abuse on social media like, like you know, all players do at all yeah. clubs I think you deleted your Twitter profile did it have anything to do with that? No there was a multitude of stuff but there's, there's only so many things that you can see without it trying to affect you so my mum always said if you, you don't want to see it don't look at it so the easiest thing for me was just to come off it and just leave it for a while probably end up going back on in a couple of months but just don't need to keep seeing it all I've got my Instagram and that's all I need but social media wise it's, it's there's it is a very helpful in, in a lot of avenues but sometimes for me it's, it's easier just to take a step back you know and stop, stop maybe not get caught up in it strip it back I've done a lot of video analysis with the guys at the team and I just just concentrate on Monday to Friday, you know, and, and, and it seemed to be working. So uh, whether or not I go back on, I don't know, but um, uh, just looking forward to my football now. So there it is. Great to hear from uh, Josh McGuinness, the man in form once again at the top of the pitch there, talking about his, uh, his recent... Uh, good form, of course, and and the fact that he's uh, you know the, his support and uh, the uh, you know the, the fact that he's he's had to delete his Twitter account or suspend it or, or whatever you want to call it, and you know um, about perhaps sometimes the, the the stick that that fans can get. Um, let's talk about his form first. I mean, he's he's back on it now. Three three goals mm. in four games. You know, I've always I always knew he had that in him. Um, but he did go through that horribly lean spell, and so he, he needed to do it as soon as possible, really, because that was, you know, the, his doubters were then coming to the fore because he wasn't producing the goods on the pitch. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> on this show we defended him pretty consistently, I think, but we we did say that whilst we defend him and we think his work ethic's good and the defensive stuff that he gives to the side and all of that, he's a striker and he's going to be judged on his goals. And whilst he wasn't scoring it, but it got harder and harder to. To defend him because, as I say, that that's his job. His job is to go there and score goals, and he wasn't really doing that. But credit to him, he stuck at it. I think partly through necessity, Carl had to stick with him um, because he didn't have many other options. But at the same time, he kept playing, and and Josh's head himself didn't really go down. And uh, yeah, he's got back amongst the goals now. And when you combine that with the other work that he does, it's obviously a, a massive asset to us. And he needs to keep that up. Um, we're going to need him to get at least another five or six goals between now and the end of the season I would think Um, 
but yeah, whilst he's on this run, it obviously bodes very well. And the sort of goals that he's been scoring over the last couple of weeks, I mean, if you look at the goal he scored uh, against, it was it Walsall, I think it was his, his first one back, where it was one where he was right on the line to, to touch in a low cross, and then a couple of the goals were more used to seeing him scoring, headers as well, but again, you know, in the right position to score him. But in particular, that Walsall goal, the fact he was there to finish off that chance, I mean, that's, that's where you want your striker to be, and that's where perhaps over the last few weeks he hadn't been finishing but now he seems to have found that that touch again yeah no I mean we've um, we know we know what good Josh is good in the air and obviously he's been getting himself in the right position like MK Dons he's got himself on the end of the cross I just think there was there have been a few games this season where maybe his composure has let him down a little bit Um, maybe his technique and his finishing but you know, it, it happens. You know, if if he was scoring every single game, then obviously he wouldn't be playing in League One. But yeah, and no, I think he's delighted, and he started to, like Tom said, he did. He, you know, his head didn't drop, and he started to get himself about the goals now. And hopefully, we can um, he can maintain it because we're still not, you know, blessed with depth. I know we've got a Nicky back now and so forth, but yeah, it's nice to see Josh to get his just rewards because we've all all said we've banged the drum for ages that you know he works hard for the team and he does a lot more. For Carl and the team, than just obviously getting his nugget on things. Mm. Um, in terms of uh, you know the, the fact that now there's a little bit of backup to him, or perhaps a little bit of competition. And, you know, you got you got Jose's back, you got Zyro. I mean, uh, did you think that that's sort of spurring him on a little bit? Um, I think it probably helps. Yeah, um, I think having some competition is gonna is gonna maybe push him that little bit harder. Um, but I also think you know players do come in and out of form and through those periods it's not like we've been blistering and, and blowing teams away you know he's he has had some opportunities I mean even if you go back as far as the Plymouth game um, originally I mean he had chances to score in that one and, and wasn't able to do it so that's going to happen to any striker but yeah I mean Zyro so far we haven't seen a huge amount of but uh, Jose okay it was only one season at uh, Swindon but he's proven that he can do it at this level so yeah, I think any competition is healthy and if they can keep pushing him for the rest of the season, I mean, I'd still pick Josh whilst he's scoring every day of the week. But um, yeah, competition's going to help hopefully keep that form up. Now, obviously we heard there he was talking about the support from the stands. He said the support is always very good for, for him, he feels, overall. But obviously, I've, I've, it's fair to say, you know, he was asked about his doubters and, and whether you call it doubt, doubters or just people who are frustrated the fact he, he didn't score, you know, he's... He, he pointed out, you know, now he has scored. Now he has scored the last couple of games. They're singing his name again. But um, and the the other point was about his Twitter account. I think it was Jake from New Shop there who mentioned that he has suspended or deleted his Twitter account, and, and he spoke about that. And he said, "There's only so much stuff you can read." Now I think mm. it's probably fair to assume that when he's saying there's only so much stuff you can read, it is about fans tweeting tweeting the player to tell him he's not had a very good game. Now obviously mm. there's there's different levels of it. There's mm-hmm. constructive criticism. Um, which you know sometimes people do tweet to the players. There's obviously just abuse that people tweet to players. Everyone gets abuse on Twitter. I, I get my fair share, uh, sure enough as well. Now, now I was discussing this because uh, we wrote up the the, the interview on, on Monday for, for the South London Press, and we were discussing. Uh, I was discussing on Twitter, you know, what motivates a fan to try and send that sort of stuff uh, or to talk about players in you know directly to them now. In my opinion, obviously Twitter's there to chat about football as well as many other things, but Saturday evening there's no better place to get your, your discussion about football and that's why the fans talk to each other and that's perfect. You know, Emotions run high, particularly at full time and for the next couple of hours, but that's a great place to chat about the performance with fellow fans and like-minded fans and you, know, you, can, you can send your email into Charlton Live as well, of course. Um, 
Now, copying the players into into a, a tweet, when, when a player's had a particularly bad game, and we, we know when a player's had a bad game, he knows when he's had a bad game. Now, you, some fans like to copy the players into the tweet, some don't. Now, I mean, what, what's your views on that? I mean, because I have my views. I, I don't think it particularly helps, especially if it's a particularly abusive tweet, to send it to the player. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's up to each individual fan how they want to do it. But So I'm not, I'm not telling someone they can or can't do that. But it's more, it's more the thought process behind it, what, what they think they'd achieve from that. I mean, because do you think some fans will think that might motivate them? Um, I think, uh, I would say, you know, 99% of it's done out of frustration of the result. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a lot, of, a lot of heat in the moment sort of thing. And when people look back at it, it's probably not... It's not really that clever of it, um, but like you say, people are entitled to do what they got to do. I personally don't agree with adding someone um, I, I, abuse anyway. I mean, if you you know if you added someone and said you know ah oh, you didn't really have a good game today, uh, good game today, but you know on to the next one, then fine. But I think when it goes really personal and saying you're this, you're that, you know whatever else, yeah. I just think. You know, I know players are big enough, and they're probably used to it. And you know, they probably hear a load of stuff on the sideline. I don't. I think it probably will go over their heads most of the time. But yeah. I just don't agree with it personally. I mean, we've we've sat here before when you know I wasn't Morgan Fox's biggest fan, but when he got booed off, I was fuming. Yeah. Mackinock as well. I just don't see how it helps the situation. You know, you you want you want a player to really put hundred and ten percent in. Well, get behind the lad. He knows he's had a bad game. You know, he's not yeah. blind. Well, it was interesting, really, what what Josh said there. We talked about, um, you know, uh, you know, coming off his Twitter account on, on advice of his mother, by sounds of it. So mm. if you don't want to see it, don't read it. And then, and then he goes on to say, well, you know, we do video analysis with with, with the guys in the club. No, so that's what I mean. Like he yeah. knows he's had a bad game. You know, Brett, the analyst, was saying that was bad. That was bad. You need to improve that. And, and Carl, I'm, I'm certain, to be putting a rocket where 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 he doesn't yeah. want one. As well, so it, it, so it's not like he doesn't know, but it is, it is a case for me, just a, a motivational thing. You know, you need to. Like I say, I mean, everyone's entitled to their say, and that's why I think Twitter's perfect for that. Um, especially, you know, speaking to other fans, and like I say, you're more than welcome to slag players off on our show because you know, it keeps us going sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's just the case of you can see in Josh's case, he's, he's he's forced to take his account offline. Obviously, there is a little bit of um, you know, it's up to the player to do that. To, to, to make the decision I don't need to read this but at the same time I guess as a fan you know it's all well and you know we love praising the players on Twitter when they've had a good game mm. I think and I think that's a good thing to do because it helps yeah. you know, we're all together as a, as a team even if they have let us down I think as well like we're quite fortunate particularly being or we're not fortunate to be at this level but the fact that we're at this level and with how social media is now that you it's quite a good way to get access to players and people like Jacko have maybe earned that respect now you know to be able to get that close to them and message them and have that communi- avenue of communication is obviously great. Um, and I'm not going to try and compare football to, to a normal office job because obviously you can't really. But in, in any walk of life, if you've got people, you know, if you do go to work, whatever you do, you know when you've had a bad day and you don't need people coming up and telling you that all the time. Now, obviously, football's an entertainment purpose and with fans of a, of a job, if you like, it, it is very different. But it must be difficult for them and... For coming on this show, we're we're kind of privileged in that I, I've always thought that if I'm not going to say it on the show, then don't tweet it because it's it's the same thing. It goes out into the public. But there are there are people who, like Nate says, you know, you finish a game, you're angry. How many times have we come on here and said, you know, we left or we were walking out because we were annoyed? And if people go that one step further and they need someone to just vent at, they choose the players. Um, I understand why some people do it. As like Nate, I I wouldn't do it myself, but. You see why that happens, but 
yeah, it's frustrating that he's felt he had to come off. Um, like I say, his form has improved recently, and and he seems to be doing well, which is obviously great. And just being, you know, around that interview on Saturday, you can see what what a decent bloke he is. Um, mm. But it is a shame when players feel they have to do that because, as I say, it's nice to have that avenue to players for people who who wouldn't otherwise get the chance. Yeah, and you mentioned he's a he's, he does seem like a really nice bloke every time I've. Uh, uh, had the pleasure of interviewing him. Now he did use a phrase I'd never heard of uh, on Saturday, where it says football's a roller coaster. One minute you're like up in the sky, and next you're lower than a snake's belly. Understand that bit? Under a top hat. What's the top hat doing? Know, Who's I put don't... a snake in a top hat? That's animal cruelty. I was, I, when I heard it, I was spent ages trying to picture it and then understand the logic in it. But it must be some sort of Northern Irish sound because I've never heard that in my entire life. Yeah, I mean snake's bellies are notoriously low. They're literally yeah, on the ground. Yeah, that bit I do. I don't yeah. know where the top hats come from. It's some sort of magician I don't know don't know. Like someone out there is going to know surely yeah. so if you know the origins of that let us know because uh, we're baffled by it right let's have another quick break another glove pup special on the way oh, uh, next up we're going to hear from uh, a few of the guys who are down at the Charlton Invicta training session today Oxford defence and Foster will try and close it down and Mussinio gets himself in a bit of trouble it comes to McGuinness McGuinness on the edge of the penalty a good challenge from Mussinio Kashi gets there first Kashi in the penalty Kashi It's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, yes! Oh, finish! His first goal of the season! Oh. Beats Eastwood! Dive to his right side. Cashy's running around the valley. <laughs> Absolutely delighted for him. McGuinness has stayed down though from the challenge. And John take the lead here at the valley. Welcome back. This is Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. This is the big match preview. We're going to look ahead to Saturday's football for a fire game. With Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury, uh, whoever it is, uh, in a few moments' time. Uh, now, today, the Charlton Invicta side, the Charlton Athletic Community Trust Invicta team, to give them their full title. Uh, they were uh, invited down to the training ground to have a training session with first team manager Carl Robinson uh, and his coaches, you know, assistant manager and coaches Lee Bayer uh, and uh, obviously the captain uh, and coach Johnny Jackson. Uh, Nathan, you often train with the Charlton Invicta mm. team uh, on, on a Tuesday down at, uh, at Sparrows Lane, but you asked to go down there today, uh, and it sounds like you were really put through your paces. Yes, yeah, yeah. We, oh, well, considering we, I've, who was it? I think his name was Ben, one of the works with Josh in the uh, sports scientists. He put us through a warm up, 
which I thought was felt like a 45 minute half um, but no yeah it was good we basically just do you want me to quickly outline the three bits yeah, well. basically you done a warm up and then you had a session with Robbo a session with Jacko and Bose uh, Robbo was more which was the impressive thing is he they would they trained it as if you, know, you might hear Robbo talk about passing aggressively through the thirds I don't know he says that quite a lot and we, we was doing a lot of training that so Robbo's one was passing and moving a lot around the cones. Jacko's was you had three sections, four diff, four sets of uh, three sets of different players, um, and then you had to do a certain amount of passes and then pass it through the thirds aggressively, trying to get to the other side. Um, and then Bose was more or less like a really wide sort of sort of rectangle, and it was like one touch pass and move. I tell you what, it was absolutely brilliant. But I don't, I don't people doubting those players' fitness. No, I know. <laughs> listen, I'm you know I'm not my body ain't a temple as you could probably see, but. It was intense, and yeah. right, but it was amazing. It was amazing. Obviously, Bose was my first, my, you know, my first ever favourite player, but it was a good day um, all round. There was a lot of the news crews down there, so it looks like yeah, we got quite a lot of um, exposure for it, which is great. Yeah, obviously, it's been football versus homophobia month this month, and at the what home game was it where I spoke to Rob? I can't remember one of the recent home games. Uh, they, they they had the Invicta lot and and the Proud Valiance uh, down pitch side, and I spoke to to Rob Harris, who's the chair of the the Proud Valiance. Uh, so the club's obviously gone all out. They 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 had their own. It was the Oxford game, yeah, yeah. did in tears actually. <laughs> but they had their whole, the whole day uh, around the match day. Now they've obviously done this as well for for the Charlton Victor team, who are absolutely walking their league as well by the sounds of it. Yeah. Um, but it shows the club are really trying to get involved and make sure that people uh, who are LGBT feel uh, more than welcome down here at the Valley and things like this. All sort of goes to, towards helping it, I guess. Yeah, no, exactly, and um, as we'll, I'll, I'll retweet the sort of video they get. They uh, sent me earlier. It's just sort of an introduction, of what it's about, and um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great way of it, it, it's a platform for people who, you know, who are quite afraid of their sexuality. It's a platform where they can go and express themselves because quite a lot of you know gay and lesbian people feel that they can't go into a, a football team because they're scared of the abuse that they'll get or the discrimination they'll come across. But no, it's a great platform and. It's it's a great cause, and you know, a club like ours who are absolutely magnificent in the in what the trust do is mm. is absolutely superb, and um, yeah, it's, it's it's going places, and it's proved to be very successful, and it's still early stages. Yeah. So, of the players who are down there today, have anyone got that that shot of uh, being discovered late on? Like Ian Wright was, he was plucked out of non-league. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be fair, that, that we've got some good players down there. Uh, there was a couple of um, we've got a couple that used to play in uh, youth youth. Uh, youth level a couple for a team down the road not um, F- Freddie's uh, favourite team Palace but the other lot um, and Arsenal but yeah we've got some good players down there and um, there's a couple in there that could have made it but we're probably slightly a bit over that hill now but, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know it was, it was a good crack and um, really thoroughly enjoyed it yeah and interacting with like say Robinson Bowyer is yeah. a hero of yours and Jacko is a hero of, of everyone's yeah no exactly I mean I know they were good as gold I mean they we thought they were going to they did Ease, ease, ease us in gently, but then when once she was in full swing, um, yeah, it was pretty intense. But it's not; it wasn't a case that you just go, you went there and just kicked the ball. They actually coach you and how how you make yourself a better player, and everything they said made sense. And the little snippets, even at eight, what I'm thirty one, they're still things that you still learn, and it was absolutely brilliant. And I'm, yeah, I'm not shocked to think to, to find out the stuff you got to learn in the game. Though, <laughs> I mean, what, what, what was your weaknesses that, that were picked out? My weaknesses, yeah. but my fitness. <laughs> Without a shadow of a doubt, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but no, it, it was really good and um, it was amazing how they took the time out, yeah. really, because I know obviously Rob had a busy day with press yeah. and stuff. 
Excellent. Right. So um, down at the training ground today, I gave Nathan uh, one of his first. He's done. He's done interviews before, but not too often. But one of his mm. first uh, interviews that, that he's done was with uh, Gary Ginor, who is the the captain uh, of the Charlton Athletic Community Trust Invicta team. Uh, we've also got audio here from uh, Jason Morgan, who's the CEO of the Community Trust, uh, and of course skipper Johnny Jackson. So let's hear what those guys had to say about today's uh, Charlton Invicta training day down at the training ground. We was obviously set up in 2011 as as Bexley Invicta. And uh, we went through a period of transition. We were losing players, losing money, and uh, we didn't have a stable home or a stable base to really take the club forward on. And m my boyfriend Sam kept on suggesting that I contact um, some people that I knew at the trust, uh, the community trust, to see if, if we could get any help from them. And, and that's how it started. We had a meeting pretty much two years ago with, with Sean Daly and um, Matt Parrish, and it, and it sort of flowed from there. But it's hard work on and off the pitch um, to get things set up. We started training down at the training ground in August 2016 and we finished fourth last season in the London Unity League and over the course of last summer the discussions evolved around taking it to the next level and the next level was to rebrand to Charlton Athletic Community Trust in Victor. If you look at what we've done over the years and how we've addressed issues in society uh, and how we've taken it to hopefully the highest level we can, this is a big part of it. So yes there's the rainbow laces and yes there's the you know, chant versus or football versus homophobia. But for us, it's about taking it to the next level, and that's why we're immensely proud to be the first affiliated, you know, or first to formally affiliate this team to us, uh, which is important. And then we've got things planned going forward. So it just adds the team to the family that we've got as part of the club, which is uh, immensely important, and we should be proud of that. Jacko, the lads from Captain Victor are down this afternoon, yourself, Bo, and Carl put or putting on training sessions for him, how have they been getting on? They've been doing really well actually, um, quite surprised by the standard, but um, I just put a little transfer keeper one that we do with the uh, first scene quite regularly, and they got it straight away, uh, there was good intensity to it, they closed down well, I was wondering like, what the fitness would be like and how long you could keep the practice going for, but but they uh, they managed to do the whole time, and uh, showed showed good glimpses of quality as well. I mean, how much how much has the, uh, has the trust done for the victory? You know, what have they, what have they brought to the table? I, I think the, the support, the main the main aspect for us and for me personally, I mean, he's playing on pitches like this, you know, the facilities down here to play and train on are massive for us and it's given us a stable home to to build around, you know, and it's given us a, a, something to entice players to come along and join the team. We average sort of 20 to 22 players down here on a Tuesday night, which, which you know, historically we used to struggle to get eight or nine or ten on a Thursday night when we used to train in Dartford. So that's a massive impact for us. Um, we've had some training sessions with some of the community trust coaches. We've obviously got the, the new Charlton red kits, you know, which is which is great for me as a Charlton fan, you know, to be playing in a Charlton kit with my name on the back. Um, so things like that, you know, is is um, is, is fantastic. We were front runners in combating racism a few years ago, and now we're front runners on this. Why why is it that we're always front runners in things like this? Because I've just got a, a a team that look to see how high they can take projects and programs and, and individual strands and I just encourage that you know and we don't sit there and just play lip service to something and I think this is an example of it and, it and it's worth pointing out that forget the film crews that have come and covered this Carl was always going to do this you know Carl and the team got approached uh, quite a while ago to come and do a coaching session and was more than happy to support it was there at the launch speaks passionately about it and for us over the years, you know, having the link with the players and the manager and where we're based is important. And the guys coming out and doing the coaching session today means a lot to us. And I know it means a lot to Invicta. 
uh, and that's just important. But for us, you know, if we can drive this message and we can educate and we can break down barriers and we can keep um, addressing, uh, you know, issues issues in society, then that's our responsibility. As far as I'm aware, I think they're flying high at the top of their right. top of their league. Can you see why they're why they're doing so well? I can, yeah. I've seen um, I've seen some good quality. Even in uh, this one, Bo's doing now can be pretty difficult because you're asking them to play one one touch quite a lot, one and two touch, and that's what we're trying to get them to do this morning: move the ball quick and play one and two touch, and that can be difficult if um, yeah, if you haven't got the quality of player. But they, they they've taken to it straight. Away. I mean, in terms of the, you know the players that are here, I mean, it's quite an inclusive sort of environment, so anyone can sort of come along and join, can't they? And I mean, if someone was if there was someone out there, you know, like you know, a gay man, if anyone wanted to come in, how how, how could he come about for joining Cholton Victor? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're on social media, you know, we're on Twitter and Facebook, and the the, the new website will be up and running shortly. But you know, you've only got to contact somebody either at our team or China Athletic Football Club or even the Community Trust or the Proud Valiants. You know, we're we're all connected to each other, and they'll put put you in touch. You know, we've only got, I say the, the team is sort of split of, of two thirds of the team are straight guys and one third that are gay guys. Uh, but it, you wouldn't tell the difference, you couldn't tell the difference and everyone's friends on and off the pitch. And all we want to do is come down here and play football and work hard and, and hopefully be successful and have something to look back on in years to come that we achieve something together. And we made it. for the run of De Silva he's looking to get beyond Kane but uh, Kane well he played the ball and De Silva's nipped in and taken it off him back into the ball probably oh, oh, finished by Josh McGuinness lovely work from De Silva to Rob Come Kane on. on the right hand side the Charlton left outside the penalty area he nipped into the penalty area along the touchline ball back into the six yard box and finished by McGuinness That's a good pullback, Ambrose! And that's a deserved and very well worked goal. First league goal in 281 minutes. Onside, the flag stayed down, a very intelligent pullback, the left footed finish. Batchel touches it to Thomas. And Charlton again, quick on the break. Yes, Darren Benton support, head down, he's gone for it and scored! Thomas has looked bright so far. And Davenport didn't get close enough to get the tackle in. So, he was lucky, but the uh, way he's played, he deserves a little bit of fortune. Hasselbank strong in the challenge and Darren Bent's onside. This could be 3 0 before half time. It is. Charlton Athletic here have a lifeline for survival. Strengthen the challenge from Hasselbank. Bent beyond a flagging back four. The pass alongside Anton Ferdinand. No cover. 3 0. Charlton have looked sharper 
and hungrier and more cohesive throughout. The home side can now break. Ambrose to run at Koncheski. In towards Thomas! Oh, that is a beautiful goal! Benford Ambrose and then makes a gesture to Ambrose. Points, in it comes. West Ham ball watching. Thomas gets his second. Charlton heading for their biggest home win against West Ham United. There takes us back to our relegation season when we beat uh, West Ham United 4 0, obviously um, managed by Alan Kirby, of all people. And we had Alan Pardew. Somehow, Alan Pardew beat Alan Kirby four goals to nil. Just proves that anything can happen in football. We still got relegated anyway. Uh, so that was still all... getting jobs, any yeah, somehow, yeah, ultimately pointless. He's only got a couple of games to save his job at West, uh, West Brom. Yeah, hopefully, he's yeah. better at saving that job than he is at. Saving taxis from being stolen uh, in Spain. In his wallet, yeah. yeah. Right, let's uh, gear up for Saturday's home game with Strosbury. Don't forget, it's football for a fiver, so you fancy coming down. And it costs you five quid. It's exactly bargain. what it says on the tin. Yeah, it would be a bargain. Uh, now, uh, this is uh, something I'd hope to do a bit more often on the show. I just so happened to have a spare bit of time yesterday. So I'm actually getting in contact with a, a journalist I know who covers uh, Salop for the uh, Shropshire Stars, a guy called Lewis Cox. Uh, I spoke to him uh, last night to find out the lowdown because Shrewsbury really have been the surprise uh, package of the season. So I want to know uh, what has been the secret to their success. It's quite strange to talk about it now because I was having this sort of conversation so so often at the start of the season and everyone was like, oh, you know, it's just a quick start. You know, when are they going to tail off? And people are still asking, like, are they going to, are they going to, you know, when are they going to blow up or whatever? But yeah, I mean, it's been unbelievable and it's, it almost feels like the norm now, which is strange. What have we played for four games or something like that? Um, they've just held it up, and it's just been they're they're, they're more than the sum of their parts. You know, there's no standout star. There's a lot of a lot of the cliches, really. A lot of hard work and and organisation and sort of spirit and togetherness. It, it can really get you far in League One if you've got the right setup. You know, the right I dare say manager and group of players with the right mentality. Then that's really put them in a position where they are. Of course, they've got quality as well, but, mm. you know, the best will in the world, not the quality that Wigan and, and Blackburn have got, not not the quality that Charlton have got either, to be fair, mm. or probably any team in the top half, but, you know, they make up for it in, in other ways. Yeah, and, and, and what about the job that Paul Hurst has done since he came in? So I think if he came in midway through last season and, yeah. you know, kept kept them up and then what, what he's achieved this season as well, I mean, that the fans must be really pleased with how he's done. Yeah, miraculous, really. I mean, the the the, the manager and sort of assistant were, were laughing a few weeks ago and saying, you know, they still reckon the job. They came in last sort of late October um, last season, and, and they were rock bottom and, and heading down. Um, I think we lost uh, maybe three nil or something down your place early early part of last season. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, they, they were bottom and pretty hopeless and he came in and kept them up and that, that was a miracle really I mean, because the turnaround was massive in, in Jan um, but you know no one in their right mind would have would have said this uh, that the the kind of neutral that the media put them as relegation favourites you know there was a, a predicted league table from the press before the start of the season and it had them to finish second bottom mm. but the manager stuck that up in the uh, changing rooms at the uh, training ground and it's still up there now and 
you know, they're second top and, and they've been top for, for a long time and unbelievable. If any, you know, before the season started, if someone had said you'd, you'd have safety mid-table, town fans would have absolutely been your hand off like that would have been fantastic, you know, great, not having to worry about the drop. Top half mm. would have been brilliant, you know, playoffs is miraculous and yeah, unbelievable really. They're, they're, they're pinching themselves and it's a dream season. It's like, it's a once in a, in a generation season for them, it really is. We're talking, you know, sort of three, four decades. Mm. It's so, fans are just hoping, you know, there's been a couple of tough results lately. Um, they're just hoping it, it doesn't sort of blow up and they can they can just take it sort of 10 games further, you know. Mm. I was going to say, because I think... Uh, without having seen them play, I think I was probably one of them expecting to do what Scunthorpe did last season, where Scunthorpe started so well and then ended up dropping off a little bit. I mean, has, yeah. there, has there been any sign of that? Because I, I know they, I think they haven't won in three at home. Has there been any yeah, sign of that at all? It's, um, no, it's four, after, last, after sorry, Tuesday night, uh, they drew at home to, uh, who was it last night? Gillingham. Gillingham. Yeah. They drew at home last night, yeah, and, and that was four. So it's four at home without a win now, and that's two draws and two defeats um, and it's not ideal to not be winning your home games sort of where, where your fans are and and so on but on, on the flip side of that they've won three away on the bounce which which is sort of the opposite to how it was going in the early part of the season which is kind of ironic mm. but they they want to sort the, the home form out they certainly do um, and I'm sure they will yeah. but I suppose Charlton fans should you know maybe be wary that they've won the three away in a row um, some great wins they went to Portsmouth and won one nil. Went to Bristol Rovers and won, and won at Fleetwood. So away form's been really good lately. Yeah. yeah so, so you, what players should Charlton fans be looking out for on Saturday at the Valley? So the, the kind of go-to answer I've been given all season is a central midfielder, John Nolan. Um, he's their best player technically. He's uh, sort of a small, slight centre midfielder. Um, keep gets them playing, skillful, great pass. Um, yeah, sort of their, their creator, and if he's playing well, they they are. Um, but he missed Tuesday's game with an illness, and it's the first time he's been missing in the league all season. That's so important to use for them, so they'll hope he's back in the centre of midfield. Uh, otherwise, they're, they're big on the width. Um, Sean Worley, number seven, right winger, an incredible season. Um, double figures for goals. He's got 10 goals from the wing, as well as his 13th assist he got the other night. A fantastic effort, and the other wingers, uh, Rodman's another one, and one that will probably play, Nathan Thomas, who's on loan from Sheffield United, coming in Jan. Uh, good, good players. They, they're good out wide. And uh, so, how do you see it going this weekend? I, I know that I, I think from following your tweets that, that Shrewsbury seems to have a bit of a tendency to score late goals, and Charlton have had a bit yeah. of a tendency to let them in this season. So, it'd be interesting to yeah. see if that comes into play. But I mean, how, how do you see it going this Saturday? Hearing that. They have conceded a few late on that will certainly boost town, and, and town I'm sure will look at that because the, the late goal thing is is down to a fitness thing. Paulhurst wanted the fittest side in the league, made no sort of uh, you know embarrassments about that, and and you know he's got it. They've been fitter than every other team, that's why they've gone till the end. It's a spirit thing as well. It's a mm. bit of both. Mm. So if if Charlton you know might get caught cold at the end, there that could be a big factor. I think. I think Town will, will want a, a, a response from giving up the three points on Tuesday and getting a draw. Um, the away form's been good. 
Um, Charlton are having a you know a decent time, aren't you? In the in, in the playoff places, and I haven't seen any of them this season. But they've got, from what I hear, and other people say, they've got talented players, you know, who are on their day. And I know obviously who they signed in January with Kai Kai, who we know all about, you know, on their day. Mm. They can take take any team apart, I'm sure. But Town will hope that they're sort of attributes in terms of probably working harder and probably being more organised. You know, certainly like they've been away recently will get them over the line. So that was Lewis Cox there from the Shropshire Star, uh, who was uh, kind enough to join me on the phone last night to discuss uh, this, uh, let's say, League One surprise package this season, really, in, in the form of Shrewsbury. The interview was actually a bit longer than that. I'll cut a little bit out, because it was quite interesting on Tuesday when they drew it home with Gillingham. Their manager actually came out and had a bit of a go at the fans uh, who who booed the, the side at full-time, you know, some of them. And But there was also quite a low crowd at, at Shrewsbury's ground, I think under 5,000 as well, for, for a team that's obviously in the top two. Mm. Um, so disappointed there. So perhaps, you know... So just with that little bit of home form, you just wonder if if maybe this is where it's this this they're going to start to be tested slightly. But their away form is is so good, so it's going to be a really interesting game on Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be one of the toughest games we've had here. I mean, obviously Wigan came here and blew us away, but aside from that, really, even the games we've lost here, we've we've been in the games. You think back to Oxford, we just threw that away, really. But yeah, shows we started the season so so well and. Like you said there in the, in the interview, you thought I think everyone thought we'd probably go back to shows we did, and you thought they were going to drop off, and and they haven't. And just having a look back to their fixtures, even as far as late last year, they've only the games they've won have only been by a goal. Mm. So there's only been one game that's had a, a three in the scoreline, and that was a defeat three one to Blackburn Rovers. So. They're low-scoring games, so it's going to be tight, but it's going to be one of the toughest games we've had, I think. Excellent. Right, well, Carl Robinson, obviously, he looked ahead to Saturday's game as well. So let's hear what Carl says as we look ahead to the Shrews coming to the Valley on Saturday. I went to watch Shrewsbury on Tuesday. What an unbelievable, honest team. Very hard-working, very well-coached. Very few flaws in their game. Um, I know they've rested one or two players. Um, They'll be back in for Saturday. Uh, and we're, we're, we're really excited by it. I think it's probably one of the best managerial jobs of the year, bar none. It's it's incredible what he's achieved, Paul and the staff, and uh, we've got to be ready for it. They surprised many people this season. Have they surprised you? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Regardless of whatever their outcome of their season is from now, whether the automatic playoff or whatever that may be, you just got to tip your hat to them. It's been a, one of the best. Other, 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 you look around the leagues. I don't think many people can really look at anything better than what they've achieved. Okay, yeah, they've kept the same players fit. They've okay, they've made a few changes on Tuesday, but theoretically, they've kept the same team, same shape, uh, and then just roll them out week in, week out. Very honest, very hard working, uh, very well drilled, very well coached. People just say it's just about the work. I think it's not. You can see how well they've been coached. Um, don't know Hirsty as well, one of Richie's best friends, Barker's best friends. I always put very highly of him as a person. Um, everybody who knows him saying how good he is away from the game. So we're, uh, we're looking forward to it, but it's just another game of football. There's no. Are you expecting them to play an expansive game? No. I expect them to play an aggressive game, uh, an honest game. And uh, we've looked at how they score goals, where they score goals, where they where they encourage regains. So no, we're, 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 we're fully aware of all of their strengths and weaknesses. But it's one thing knowing them, it's stopping an honest team. 
I certainly what they are. And he touched on it earlier, the valley should be rocking, wasn't it? Prices have been slashed. You're expecting a really big crowd and a good atmosphere. That's, that's the objective. I think they do it every year. Um, but listen, it, with all due respect, we, we know one day that our objective is to get over 20,000 consistently in that stadium uh, without cutting the price. Um, but we hope by people coming back in the stadium, or young fans coming back in the stadium, uh, I think Shrews will be bringing in 1,000 fans, which is testament to them. Um, but, we, but one day we hope this is to be the norm. This can't be a one-off. We want one day to make this club as good as what it has been in future in, in recent years, um, and that's really toppling these these attendances, and uh, that's our objective to try and do that. And on the injury front, any players available to you that were not available to you last weekend? Yeah, they're all back. We think uh, Tariq will be back in, uh, and the squad he trains today. Uh, there's only Steffi and Billy that we won't have available and Steffi's coming on wonderfully well he had another scan which was still some sort of uh, signs of injury there but real good improvement and he won't be long before he's back as well so it's uh, it's as you were and on Monday Percy, Nicky, Michael all played minutes Pagey so it's it's looking good I've got to leave three players out the squad Saturday we're, we're like I say we should have won six the last seven against good teams and uh, everyone's getting back fit and there's a buzz around the place Is Jason Pierce 100% fit now? 100% fit They all are Pat fit he's fit Nabby's fit uh, Ezra's fit Souls is fit Jay's fit Cashy's fit Jake's fit fresh good week training we're really looking forward to it it was, listen, it's one of the hardest games of the season and uh, you need everybody to be fresh and ready to go. So there we go. Carl's obviously very eager for Saturday to come around and to get his teeth stuck into this uh, this encounter with Shrewsbury Town here at the Valley. Talking about the, the fitness of the squad, it sounds like the majority of players now, so we know about, about Billy Clark and I think Lewis Page is sort of sort of on the way back but not quite there yet uh, the majority of them are back now whether Tariq Fossey is actually going to be fit enough to start we don't know uh, further on in press day Carl said he wasn't going to say that over over the camera for Paul Hurst to, to know uh, but with players coming back decisions to be made all over the team now does Jason Pierce come straight back into the team um, in terms of the midfield I mean there's there's plenty of head scratching to go on there especially with Joe Arriba playing so well in the number 10 role last week mm. but yeah, starting at the defence do you think Jason Pierce does come in and start now? I mean, Bauer went off injured last week, but yeah, it sounds like he'd be okay. But f- For that reason alone, I would. Um, I think if you are going to bring him in, it's it's him or Bauer. I think you want Konza there because you want someone who's a bit more skillful with defeat, and then you want someone in there who's the leader and the organiser. So uh, either Konza Pierce, Konza Bauer. For me, with Bauer going off, um, I would go Konza Pierce, I think. Um, but yeah, it's nice to have those headaches all over the pitch because that's what we thought we were going to have from the start of the season and we haven't really had much chance to do it so expect some sort of injury this weekend to just push us back again but it's nice for Carl to have those those selection headaches to, to choose from. Excellent and of course now the, the midfield now this the the the, uh, the Bermuda Triangle of midfield as I called it last last week with the other team's midfielders coming in and getting lost because Charlton are out playing them there you've seen the defensive midfield duo of Forster, Kasky and Kashi and now the number 10 has been changing all over, the, all over the place quite often this season but Aribo played there last week a, a player who's been involved in a lot of our more recent victories uh, but playing in the 10 rather than the defensive midfield does he stay there mm. for a home game? For me it does I think he's wasted at DM I think I think Joe's wasted back there I think he's, he's dynamism I think he, we need him in that number 10 role 
yeah, Reeves is a good player, but I, I think Joe was harshly dropped. Um, but then I can understand because I think JFC is one of our better players on the ball. Um, but yeah, I'd play him number 10. Mm. 100%, 100% I'd play him there. And then on the wing, so you've got Fossey, who we're not sure if he is fit enough to start or not. You've got Kai, Kai, Desiro coming. Does Marshall start again after coming off the bench last week? I mean, Tom, there's so many... You know, now we're getting these selection headaches again and it's it's a nice question to have to ask, really. Yeah, for me, I think uh, I'd like to see Fossey back, provided he's fit. Um, I agree with Nath, I'd have a Rebo in the number 10. Um, Kai, Kai uh, and... And Reeves possibly weren't really that involved at MK, but I think Kaiko probably offers more width. I prefer Marshall and Fosu in an ideal world, um, but if not, then then probably Kaikai out of the other two. I don't. I'm not sure Zyro will start. Um, I think it's still a bit too early for him because he is still recovering from his injury. Um, and yeah, McGuinness up top for sure. But you know, if you've got Zyro, Reeves, a Jose all on the bench, then that's not a bad position to be in, is it really? Excellent stuff. So don't forget, if you want to come down to the game on Saturday, it's football for a fiver. It's only £5 ticket, so uh, make your decision. If you fancy it, come down, get your £5 note out and buy yourself a ticket for what is a very big game. Now, uh, let's have a look at some predictions. Tom? Uh, one all. One all. Who's going to be the Charlton Athletic goal scorer? Marshall. Mark Marshall. Nath? 3-1. Three, 3-1, one. Three, one, yeah. They'll score it. last minute. Yeah, OK, but it wouldn't matter because it would be 3-0. Yeah. We would have taken our chances. If you Bowlers. fancy... Who do you fancy turn up on the go- on the score sheet? Um, I reckon we're I reckon we're going to see uh, Big Josh. Yep. And I think we're going to get two sub goals. I think we're going to get one from Zaro and Saleh. Excellent. Right. Okay. Now, very quickly, you've also done the cashy yep. back. You've got it. Got it sorted in time for the show this week. So, what, yep. what have we gone for? Well, it's bit, I put, put it to, I put like four votes, and everyone's gone for McGuinness two one. Excellent. Right. So I'll put okay. it on tonight. So it's my battery. So hopefully, we will win our first cashy back bet of the season, which has proved to be a disaster. <laughs> we win the last game of the season. As the season has gone on. Right. That's all we've got time for on this week's uh, big match preview. Thank you, Tom, for coming in. Cheers, Louis. Thank you, Nathan. Cheers. See you for Saturday. Yeah, I've been Louis Mendes. This has been Chuck Live, the big match preview. We'll be back on Sunday to chat about whatever happens against the Shrews on Saturday. Let's hope it's three points in front of a bumper crowd here at the Valley. Come on, you Reds. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.